All right, folks, welcome to Jetcetra. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, other sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. McIntyre, McIntyre. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, uh, Steve. Good to be back face to face with you here. We had a. We're back in my office at yeah, 1355 Mountain while. Avenue. Last week we did this. I was here and you were uh, outside your hotel in uh, Anaheim or wherever you were staying down there. Is that where you were in Anaheim? Anaheim, about to travel to San Jose. Yeah, and then the week before that, we were, uh, my family was on holidays in New York City. So yeah, we haven't done this for a few weeks in person. In the in the, in the the cave here. I yeah. think they're, they're supposed to be building a studio for these podcasts or something, but um that'd be nice yeah it'd be kind of cool or whatever but i like it here you got the couch there i got my chair here we're very comfy folks so hopefully we'll have a good podcast and hopefully you'll enjoy what we talk about <laughs> you know who's not comfy right now is jets of hands and the winnipeg jets no they're not we'll get to that in a moment in the first period here so um okay so uh, it's episode 78 mike slim pickings I, I, for I, nhl players uh, for NHL players, right. uh, number 78. I can't even think of one. Okay, the most notable, and if you want to call it notable, <laughs> uh, was a guy named Mark Pouliot, P-O-U-L-I-O-T. <laughs> yeah, he was Edmonton's first-round pick in 2003, and he had 21 goals in 176 NHL so games. you're telling me that Edmonton was, was blowing first-round picks in the early they 2000s were. as well they as were. the... They've got a rich history of they that. They do. Well, I don't know. I it's mean, not, they, they've a kind few of them t- have panned out for sure. They've out. But... Taylor Hall's been okay. Sure. Uh, Ryan Nujahopkins has been uh, a, a really good player. No, not him. Um, who was the other one? Was there one other one? Well, uh, Connor McDavid. He's been all right. Yeah, he, that guy turned out okay, I think. Not He's bad. got a bright future. He's all right. He can skate a little. <laughs> We'll uh, there's some no- episode 97, not too at long. At some point, now. yeah. There's some notable NFL players that are number 78. Anthony Munoz, a great offensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals. Art Shell, uh, who coached the Oakland yes. Raiders and was a player, uh, played defensive line, I think. Bruce Smith of yes. the Bills, he yeah, played uh, the defensive line. And Jackie Slater, an offensive line. Bruce Smith had a great beard. Did he? I don't remember that. Really rich beard. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, but we're going with... CFL? Yeah. Ex-Blue Bomber, Bob Toogood. <laughs> Do you remember him? First of all, you gotta love the name. It's a great name, isn't it? It's it's not just one good; it's two good. <laughs> it's too good. I want to be too good at something at some right. point, folks. Uh, that like Bob, th- like that's gonna good. happen, yeah, Bob. He's too good. <laughs> so first, off, okay, you gotta love the name. So he played from 1974 to 1980 during his career with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's a linebacker mostly, right. and he had nine picks uh, over the course of the, that career. He was a, he was an okay player. I remember him. I remember uh, uh, Bob Tugood. But probably more memorable in uh, Mr. Tugood's career was the fact that he was a member of the 1969 and 1970 University of Manitoba Bisons that won back-to-back Vanier, Vanier Cups. And at that time, it was like they were they shocked the teams from down east, right? I mean, and there were some some really good players. Walt McKee was on that team. Um, Bobby Kramer was the quarterback. Um, Henry Jansen was the coach. Dennis Herseko, who uh, was on the team. Um, so it was, you know, that, that was that's a notable collegiate sure. career to win two national championships. So, so he's good a for you. So he was, he was too good. He was too good. Twice. He was too good for, Twice. for college football. For, he was too good for college, and he, so then he went on to a business career. So anyways. By, by the way, it's spelled, I wasn't sure on the spelling, so it's T-O-O. 
G O O D, yes. not T W O. No. <laughs> um, but so is he? Am I correct in assuming he is a Winnipeg or a Manitoba? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He went to the U of M. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I, I'm presuming that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he was born in 1948. So Mr. Too Good uh, would be, by my count, 70. 73. 73 years old. Or 74, depending yeah. on when he was born. Yeah. So um, if you're out there listening, Bob, <laughs> or if anybody out there is listening who knows Bob, just let him know that we dedicated this episode to him to being you. too damn good. <laughs> I bet you he's still too damn good. I mean, that'd be a, just a great thing to put on a business card. Right? I saw, I saw, actually I did, you know, I Googled him, right? And yeah. then I saw, his, I saw his picture and I think there was a picture of him more recently and he looked too damn good. <laughs> <laughs> he looked good. I mean, for, you know, a guy that sure. age or whatever, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was him. Uh, more like it. Mike too average. Too average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too damn annoying is what I am. Um, <laughs> ask anybody. Anyways, we should probably do a podcast here. Right. Uh, what we're doing here. Yeah, we're doing here. Anyway, so today we're going to chat about the Winnipeg Jets home opener, which is tonight, Thursday, October the 21st. Is that the date? It is, yes. Um, against the Anaheim Ducks. We'll chat a little bit about the effects that COVID is having on the team. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to recap their less than stellar season opening road trip. And uh, we'll chat about the Bombers being nine and one, with a chance to speaking wrap. Of too good. Yeah, speaking of too good, they are they are definitely too good. And um, and then we'll have the etc. Where I'm going to tell Mike about my uh, adventures on the Ferris wheel locally <laughs> here. Oh yeah, I've well we'll have a little Ferris. This story. This is going to be fun, folks. Yeah, this is this will have Very our fun. Ferris wheel story. We're going to have some Ferris wheel it stories, folks. Steve. A bunch of children and, <laughs> and Ferris wheel. And a Ferris wheel. Yeah. Stay uh, tuned. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounded odd there for a second. It did. Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, on to the first period. Home opener, Mike, is tonight against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Um, at this point in time, at this very moment, at... Um, 11.55 a.m. on Thursday, October the 21st. We're not exactly sure who's going to be in the lineup. First of all, Blake Wheeler tested positive for COVID while the team was in Minneapolis. He's he still there. He will not be in the lineup. He won't he's be. Still he's still in there, a right? hotel in Minneapolis for at least the is next week. Is that where he week. is? A hotel probably? Yeah. Eh? yeah. He's there for at least another week all in right. quarantine. Right. And then, um, and then we get word this morning that Mark Shifley, uh, a second part of the top line is in COVID protocol. Um, he's had one positive, positive test and one negative. negative. And so he needs to have a negative test, another negative. Yes, it's a best by of sometime three. this is a best <laughs> of three. Yeah. It's the rubber match. If it's, it's a best test. of three in a rubber match, the way things are going for the Jets right now, he's gonna lose. So um <laughs> um but he, he might be in the lineup right. tonight or he, might not be. We'll he's gonna see. have a test late this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, and as long as it comes out negative, uh, he'll be in the lineup tonight. Okay, so we won't belabor that because we don't know. Right. But uh, And there's a lot of holding of the collective breath around the Jets right now because, Steve, what, one thing we do know, uh, COVID doesn't necessarily show up right away. Like, correct. So just because – so Blake Wheeler has COVID. We know that. Right. Not just 
a, a positive test that could be a negative. He literally has COVID. With fact, symptoms. He has symptoms, which right. is kind of the worst case scenario. Now, Blake Wheeler is vaccinated, so this is a breakthrough. Uh, right, a breakthrough case. That's what so they call the it, a breakthrough? Why do they call it a breakthrough case? I don't know. A it's breakthrough sounds like a positive through. thing, right? It it's a breakthrough. It's a real breakthrough. Real here. breakthrough here. Like, You're like, right. I mean, everything about COVID is skewed, right? You're happy when you're negative. Which normally right. in life you're you like to be a positive person. You don't want to be positive. Who says? When it comes to COVID. That's true. You're a bit of a negative <laughs> Nelly. No, I'm <laughs> not. Come on. Um, but yeah, the hope would be. So we saw last year in the NHL, Steve. Like this was pre-vaccine. Entire teams get hit hard. I think yeah. Buffalo and New Jersey. They they had like 17 guys. Well, Vancouver had the whole team. Vancouver right? had the yeah. whole team as yeah. well. Montreal yeah. had a big outbreak. Yeah. So, but that was before vaccination. The hope would be that if vaccinations are doing what we know they they do, uh, that it will really limit. So one case would not turn into a flood. And so far, so good. Although, again, the Shifley thing is kind of dicey. But, yeah, the hope is that, that this will not become a widespread outbreak. Because if it did, the the home opener tonight would be in jeopardy. And Well, the, the Moose are in town. They had the day off today, so they could play instead. Right. Well, and they called one they got of their home today. opener tomorrow. Dominic Toninato was called up by the Jets today. Yeah. Um, he can kill penalties. Which oh, is that what it is? Most of the Jets can't do. <laughs> yeah, apparently nobody on the Jets yeah, can do that. Yeah, that's his forte. We'll get to for that sure. in the second period. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Jets will ice some kind of lineup tonight, but more, you know, they need a win, right? They're, they're... Uh, so, aside from the result on the ice, uh, and you wrote a column today a little bit about the fact that it is the uh, first regular season game. Right. It's the first home opener in a couple of years um, where there's fans in the stands. Um, I'm going to presume there would be a full house tonight. And um, so is there, I, I don't know. T to me, I'm not going to make a big deal of this. I know we, 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 we did a story on it or whatever. I think it's a little anticlimactic now. We've had yeah. some preseason games. Right. We've had fans at the Bombers games. We've had fans at all the other rinks or whatever. Is it is it a special night for Jets fans, do you yeah, think? Yeah, it feels. What do you think? It feels, I mean, I think it's a big, important step for sure. It just feels like the novelty is has worn off a bit because the say, idea that there's people in the stands. Yeah, right. we already had 33,000 at the Banjo Bowl. Right. And we're back to it. And so, I mean, the Gold Eyes had a half season with fans right. already. And like you say, we've had we've even had Jets games where we had we've had over 14,000 already at Canada Life for a couple of the preseason. Games. Right. That being said, the stakes are a little higher now. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a marquee moment for sure, because you know, I just I just came off the road, Steve, uh, witnessing three straight home openers. Uh, all three Jets games on this road trip were the home openers for their respective opponents. And I must say, having been at the exhibition games for the Jets, I mean, the atmosphere at these three regular season home openers in Anaheim, San Jose, Minnesota was off the charts better than it was at yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Life. But okay. it's regular season. All right. So, I so they're going to be louder tonight? Yeah, than, I think yeah. so. I okay. mean, unless the Jets give up a couple early goals, then they might be really quiet. Right. Because, um, yeah, it does feel like it's maybe going to be muted a little bit, um, both by the sluggish start by the team. They're missing a player or maybe more due to COVID. Uh, but I think fans are ready to, uh, to celebrate another important step for sure. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetra 
podcast, you mentioned just at the end of the first period there, Mike, that the the local hockey team is off to a sluggish start. That's nice, putting it nicely, I guess. Um, so they uh, went out uh, and opened their season in Anaheim, San Jose, and Minnesota. Um, huge expectations for this team this year. Uh, you know, a couple of important uh, signings to the blue line in the offseason. Uh, a lot of re- play, returning players, uh, the anticipation of Pierre-Luc Dubois having a better year, um, all of it, you know, kind of like uh, they're going to battle Colorado for first place in the Central. Right. Um, Frank Saravelli picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Um, and then they, you know, they got beat. They came out the first period in Anaheim and they were like super, like very impressive. Right. But then it, we're down 2 nothing, And really things have not gone uh, – and then okay, then they're kind of just spiral a little bit, and then, and then they come out and they play an aggressive, fast game against Minnesota, and they're up five three with uh, less than five minutes to right. go, and they end up losing six five in overtime due to a number of different situations. So they limp home uh, zero two and one. Now it could be two and one. I mean, if they could have held those two two goal leads they had in San Jose and Minnesota. Right. And I mean then it puts a whole other spin on it, right? Right. Right. Um, they had a two goal lead in San Jose as did. well, right? Yeah. And they had a two goal lead and they went to the power play and all of a sudden the two goal lead was won because they give up the short end of goal and all the momentum was zapped. Right. You know, again, it's so early, folks. Um if you had well the to me, Steve, the two teams, I don't know if you'd agree with this, heading into this season. Who did you think the two best teams in the West this year were going to be? Colorado, Vegas? Uh, no, I don't like Vegas. No, okay. uh, no, I would have picked Colorado and the Jets, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would. I mean, you look at the division Vegas plays in, though. Like, who who do you like out of that division? Um, Edmonton? Well, not anymore. Seattle? Um, no. Calgary? Vancouver? No. LA? Uh, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I like Vancouver's yeah. roster. Yeah. Well, so. Uh, I like their coach too, yeah. Colorado has one win in three games. Right. Vegas has one win in three games. Correct. Vancouver has one win in four games. Right. Um, my point being. Yep. Yeah, they're all off to poor starts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so and the Jets have zero wins in three games. So um, meanwhile, Buffalo is sitting on top of the NHL at 3-0. and And right behind them is Detroit at right. 2-0-1 who have been two of the worst teams in the league for a number of years now. Um, so the flip, the, the flip, I was going to say the flip can get scripted. The script can get flipped uh, pretty quickly here. And the Jets have an opportunity tonight. It's early, but I mean, how come, but still, I mean, they, they, they still lost these games sure. against, you know, you know, not Connor the, not the best Paging teams Connor in the world. Hellebuck, yeah. 14 so, goals against in right. three games. I dare say, Steve, we're not going to see too many three-game spells where Hellebuck gives up 14. Well, we don't know that for sure. Let's what? see. You know what I mean? So a couple things in play that I just want to mention. You mentioned Hellebuck. Now, there was, there was, there's some concern with me about helicop, hel- helicopter, about the helicopters. I, we'll get to that. We'll get to, we'll get to that with the Ferris wheel thing. But um, so he, he, he had a bout with COVID right. uh, in the summer uh, during his late training, summer. late, late summer, that may have affected his his start to the season. So there's that. Now, secondly, um, Paul Maurice changed up his training camp uh, he did. Um, plan, the way that he went about training camp this year. He wanted them to be more ready for the season type of thing. Right. They don't look they, – they, they, but then two games into the season – 
he's saying that we're going to need to play a hell of a lot faster. Right. Um, you know, that's always the, the, the thing with Maurice is that they need to play a fast game. And, and they, they haven't. They looked like they were playing that same rope-a-dope game from, yeah. that they played last year. So is it just that they're still transitioning to a new way of playing? Yeah. Is Hellebuck – like, there's got to be some concerns about Hellebuck here. I mean, For sure. Come on. Especially – If he doesn't – if he has a bad year. There's no backup pl- – Yeah. There's no safety net in yeah. place. Sorry, Eric Comrie. Yeah. Eric Comrie – I, if they had Lauren Brassois still here, I can almost guarantee you, Steve. Uh, well, he's probably starting tonight. Yeah, like I guess. Connor Hellebuck's going to play his fourth straight game tonight. Right. He'll probably play his fifth straight game Saturday. He might play all three on the road next week as well. Right. My point being, they don't have a plan B, really. Yeah. So even if Connor Hellebuck is fighting it, they still probably look at it, especially if they're not putting wins together. Right. It'd be one thing if they were kind of overcoming it. Right. I just don't think at this point you can even consider putting Eric Comrie in the net, and that's because they don't have confidence in their backup. Well, the only, the only thing is uh, occasionally you see where a coach will put the backup in to kind of make the team play. Totally. The uh, team uh, just have to rally around right. the guy or whatever. So they might need one of those. For sure. And, you know, maybe, maybe Saturday. So if the Jets, right, that's what I was thinking. If the Jets could get a win tonight, maybe they just give Connor Hellebuck, then they feel, okay, we, we got a good game under our belts and, and maybe we see Comrie Saturday. Um, but yeah, the, the the COVID concern, you know, Connor Hellebuck admitted that, I think in his words, quote, it took a, a lot out of me. And that was late August. Like that, we're only talking like seven weeks ago, Steve. And we know athletes are creatures of habit and, you know, they're, they're sticklers for detail and, and ramping up their training. And Connor Hellebuck didn't have any of that. And he didn't really look right in the preseason, and I don't think he looks right through three games. Um, I said the other day, when Connor Hellebuck's at his best, he's big and boring, is how I would describe the way he plays. He looks neither right now. He's He looks like he's playing small, and there's movement all over the place. And not just him, pucks are fl- flying off him. You know, he's not controlling rebounds. And, and so that's a concern for sure. The so concerns. Things- so there's concerns. Like you're, you're, we're mentioning some concerns or whatever. But the, the biggest concern seems to be from the panicked Winnipeg Jets faithful, Mike. Now you're getting lots of emails. Yes. I'm getting lots of emails. I'm getting, like, I'm getting phone calls. Some guy left me the longest voicemail yesterday about, you know, the about how terrible the Jets are. Does he think and, you're the coach? Well, I don't, I'm not sure. It, it, sometimes I think people think my phone line is a call-in show. Right. Um, it's not, um, <laughs> by the way. Uh, <laughs> the lines are open. It, the lines are not open. Okay, so. I'm, Hi, Steve. Long-time I'm, listener, yeah, first-time caller. Exactly. Long-time reader, yeah. Like, so I'm happy to answer any questions that people have or whatever, but I don't debate people. Stuff where no. people call my if they if they want to argue with uh, they want to have a debate yeah. about what I don't do it because I I don't care like right. for me you need to understand here that none of this matters the only thing that matters to me here is that man this is great there's a bunch of different really cool storylines yeah do you people know what I mean said so, the same thing yeah the like, other day. I loved what happened in Minnesota. It's great for me sure. as a writer. It's, it's great drama, content. right? But it's funny. You say call-in show. I almost think of it more. Sometimes people see we're sounding boards. or They almost use us yeah, as yeah, a I get of it. therapy. I get that. We're their counselors. Because I, I, they I get can't that. call Paul Maurice or right. Kevin Shovel Day right. off and rant. Yeah. So they call Steve Lyons or Mike but McIntyre. But there's no other call-in shows in town these days? <laughs> <laughs> well, 1290 kind of wiped a lot of those off. The so, board. like, yeah, so people are... You know, it's like the 1929 stock market right. crash or whatever. You got to walk by tall buildings and make sure people aren't 
you know, plummeting to their death. The other day like, that he, he was going to take a holy uh, folks. implement into his eye sockets, he said, uh, after yeah. watching the highlights <laughs> of the game. Like, wow. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, uh, I don't mean to mock people here. I, I, I get that people are, you know, they're enthused about their team and the yeah. expectations were high this year or whatever. But it's... It is just three games in sure. now. Now, if they were, they really need a, they need a win tonight. They need a to go o three and one is going to be even worse. Right. But so if they get a win tonight and maybe maybe get a win against Nashville and then they're two two and one and then it's kind of like it, yeah, it's just five games in, right? Sure. Do you know what I mean? And so um, here's my yeah. really quick my favorite story about what happened the other night in Minnesota. We forget sometimes, Steve, that not everybody is necessarily online and instantly getting news, right? Some people still rely, like the old days, on the newspaper for... We love those people. Right, so I got an email from a chap the other day who said when Mark Shifley scored the empty netter to make it 6-4, he turned his TV off. Ouch. The next thing he saw about the Jets was my game story in yesterday's paper where he said his jaw dropped when he read that they lost. Wow. That was how he learned that they had lost. And he ended his email with, my God, which I thought was... I hope he had already had his coffee. (laughs) Okay, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Mike, let's talk a little bit about the local CFL team. Uh, They won again last weekend in Edmonton against the Elks. Uh, That clinched a playoff spot. Um, so they're in. Uh, they're now nine and one, and they can uh, they play the BC Lions this weekend uh, at home, IG Field. With a win, they would clinch the Western Division and uh, a uh, a bye in the first in the playoffs, right. where they would host the West Final. I'm predicting that will be against the Calgary Stampeders today, Steve. In your playbook this morning, you actually you put a you put a, a name down for their opponent. I did. So you like Calgary over BC or Saskatchewan? Yeah, Edmonton's kind of. First of, of all, Bola Levi Mitchell is still probably you know the marquee quarterback right. in the league. Calgary's they have a really good defense. Maybe next to Winnipeg, Calgary's the hottest team in the league. Right yeah, now, for right? sure. Yeah, so um, they 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 manhandled BC the, the other day or whatever. So. Um, Probably Calgary over Saskatchewan in the West yeah. semi is what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then Calgary could maybe we'll see. Um, do the Bombers even play Calgary again? Have they even played Calgary this year? Well, they it's did, a weird schedule. They early in oh, the they season, play yeah. Saturday, November the twentieth at Calgary. I see that, folks. I have that right at my fingertips. So that could be uh, that on would, my bulletin board behind. That me. would be the Bombers. That's their last regular season game. Right? It would be, and by then they've already clinched home field and everything. So it's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard to say who would play. Although, in that game but yet. then they get a bye, so maybe you don't want to rest guys because then they're going two weeks without playing. No, no, no. They play November the twentieth. Oh, then they would get a bye. Yeah, yeah. another bye. Yeah, yeah right. Until December. Bye, so. bye. Lots of buys. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, the Bombers were again impressive on defense against the Elks. That's for sure. Um, the offense was, um, uh, you know, it was, it's. This offense is odd to me. They they they're streaky. They play really really well. Um, Zach Kolaris is you know people are trumpeting the fact that he's having an MOP season. I had Taylor Allen write a story for us in the paper today that he he is he's playing really well, but he's making some he's throwing a lot of interceptions in the opposition end zone. Right? I mean I've lost count frankly of how many there's been. I know there's been at least one in each game against Edmonton. Um, so How much of that is just being so confident in your D 
that you can almost afford to be maybe a little more yeah, aggressive, less. I guess. I mean, if your D wasn't very good, maybe you play a little more conservative. But if you're like, oh, I don't care. We're going to get the ball back right away anyway. So what the heck? Yeah, I think I think personally, my opinion is if you have a really good defense, you should be even you should be a little bit more conservative. Because the thing that you want to do is just protect the football. Right. You don't need to take you don't need to take unnecessary gambles. Yeah. Because the other team is not going to score, right? You know what I mean? And so, Chris Walby used to always tell me this at the old the Bomber team back in the late '80s, early '90s, which had the great defense. Yeah. All we need to do is just not turn the ball over, right? Sure. You know what I mean? And um, and guys on defense would say that about the offense too, by the <laughs> <Right>. way. <laughs> just don't turn the ball over. So, um, and Matt Dunnigan is pointed out on the telecast quite a bit that Zach is under throwing a lot of balls and, and his receivers are making plays on him. So um, he's having a great season. Don't get me wrong. Listen, they're 9-1. He was 5-0 and last year, right? You know what I mean? So he's 14-1 and as the Bombers' starting quarterback. So um, as Taylor wrote in his story today, it's nitpicking a little bit, but right. hey, the team's nine hey, and one. We got we got we got to write something, right. folks. I mean, you know, we can so only spend so much time on the kicking game, which it looks like they've gone out and yeah. Improved. Now they've now they've gone and signed what arguably is a he's a really good kicker, he is. and they got back Winston, Winston Rose. Rose. So like from the, rich the team, get richer. yeah, from the team that they had last week and not the nine and one team, or whatever they've added, really an all star kicker and an all star cornerback. Right. So. Um, yeah, now, Andrew Harris is hurt again. Yeah, so and we don't know how severe that is or whatever. But, but there's point, no reason. As long that, as he's ready to play by yeah, December fifth, exactly. Right? There's no real reason. Brady Oliveira was uh, was really good again, um, coming in on relief. He ran for 100 yards versus yeah. uh, the Elks uh, last week, and so um, yeah. I, so I also wrote in the playbook, as you know, Mike, uh, in today or whatever. So the Bombers played this weekend at six against the Elks. The Jets also play at six against Nashville. Two Saturdays from now, uh, the Bombers host um, Montreal. Montreal, thank you. I was going to have to look at the bulletin board again, and and the Jets are hosting the Islanders on the right. Saturday night, right? And then, and then the Western Final, <laughs> which is at three thirty in the afternoon. Right. Those the, first two you just mentioned are head to head, head to head six o'clock games, yeah. and then and then December 5th. December the fifth, the Bombers will host the Western Final, presumably. And then the the Jets will play the Leafs at six o'clock. So three thirty is the football game. Right. Six o'clock. <laughs> now that one you probably can't do a whole lot about that December fifth one because the, the start time. We could have made it a seven o'clock start for the hockey game. Except it's Saturday night hockey night. Sunday night. That's a Sunday. Oh, is it a Sunday? Night? That's a Sunday. Right, Sunday. So yeah, you. I get it. it. They got the Rogers hometown hockey yeah, thing on yeah, Sunday yeah. night or whatever, right? So and uh, by the way, Rogers is not going to do TSN any favors and vice versa. Yeah, they're competitors, right? Right. So, but okay, so that that, that one on the fifth of December, and plus it's kind of like you know, but but these other ones where you've got you know, as I wrote today, I remember and, and you remember, yeah. and Gilbert Gregory, our night sports editor, was telling me about a game he went to. He saw the Eskimos. Uh, the uh, formerly the Edmonton team formerly called the Eskimos yeah. uh, in the afternoon and then the Oilers at night and right. I saw the BC Lions during and then the day we go to and then yeah in between exactly Bomber yeah game, Chi-Chi's Jets game exactly. I did that with my dad a couple times right so wouldn't that be wouldn't that wouldn't that have been great for sports fans and so so far today interestingly enough I, maybe not surprisingly or whatever the feedback that I'm getting is that most people on this Saturday anyways right. at six o'clock are going to be watching the Bomber game so. I know the inclination would be to blame the Bombers and say, oh, why they should move their game on Saturday. 
Um, but I think you and I are kind of in a similar boat. It's like, uh, I think the Jets would have had the easier time being flexible here. Um, the Bombers. Yeah, there's a triple header triple for the header, CFL. Yeah, so they've got back to back. Move other games. Correct. In yes. the CFL. Yeah. There's no reason the Jets couldn't play a Saturday afternoon game. Uh, they're playing Nashville, who, by the way, Nashville is at home tonight, Thursday night. So it's not like Nashville, like we sometimes get here in Winnipeg, where the team will come in from. They might play in Minnesota or Calgary or something. The night and before. they charter. Right. but the, So there's no back-to-back situation. Nashville, they could charter in late tonight after the game and play Saturday afternoon. And then fans would have had the option. I mean, if even if you weren't going to attend both in person, um, you at least would have watch them on TV. one on TV. Your fans are a little pissed off about this or whatever. Sure. You know, like, it's like... Um, and, it, and, and it doesn't matter to us again, I've got no. enough staff. We're going to staff all the games, yeah. right? Do you mean? And, and, I, but I mean, and, and, and it's easy, easy, frankly, it's better for me. I only have to watch three hours of sports instead of six <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday, right? right. Do you mean? I can actually do something in the afternoon. I have some plans in the afternoon and then I'll go watch the bomber and game. And when you say you're going to watch three hours of sports, it's going to be the baseball game. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. No, <laughs> there might not even Maybe. be a baseball if game. It was wor- right. If it was world series, I'd probably watch that or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Atlanta might've wrapped it up by then. Exactly. Uh, um, so to me though, it, it feels like a bit of a lose lose for both teams. Look, yeah. I mean, it's too bad. The Jets and the bombers, those tickets aren't just selling themselves anymore. Not in a post-pandemic world. Um, as good as the Bombers are, I mean, they've had nice crowds for sure. But again, it's not its not like they're just printing money these days. And the Jets, they didn't sell out any of their three preseason games. We'll see what their attendance is tonight for the home opener. Uh, but you look around the NHL, Steve, nobody's selling out games right now. And so to me, why would you create a situation where you're guaranteeing that your fans are now conflicted? It, it feels like a lose-lose, and there should have been a, a way around it. It's too bad they couldn't find a path. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Mike, you were in the uh, uh, vicinity of the happiest place on Earth, mm-hmm. uh, Disneyland. Uh, you didn't go, did you? I did not go to Disneyland. I was You've been to Disneyland? Close. I've been to Disneyland. And Disney yeah. World, right? We, right, I've been right. to both. Yeah. I've been to both too, yeah. they got a lot yeah. of great rides there. They do. Um, I love the rides. Do you like the rides? I do, but not the really scary ones. Not the I like really scary My ones. wife and I went and saw a few weeks ago Disney's Jungle Cruise, the movie with The Rock. It's oh. actually really funny and it's really good. But it's based <laughs> on the Disney ride. And I like the Jungle Cruise because it's just a leisurely ride yeah, yeah. kind of on the lazy river yeah, and there's yeah. lots of cool things. I was on it. That's about the extent That's of it? The thrills. Oh, yeah. okay. No yeah. roller coasters. No roller for coasters. Me See, and I, no Ferris wheels. All right. Me. So I like a lot of rides. I like the even ones that go upside down and stuff like that or whatever. But the one ride that always kind of I just it, oh man, it gets me is the Ferris wheel. Right. Okay. So um so this past weekend, I was uh, out at Boo at the Zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back, some, folks. It, it is, yeah. No, they... it's and it's really it was really quite enjoyable. And um, and for those of you who have maybe been dr- driven past the zoo, you may notice that there's a, a little Ferris wheel there that's about <laughs> <laughs> three stories high, maybe, right? <laughs> so I so top. I went with a, a friend of mine and and her uh, young children or whatever and. Um, and um, and they you know they want to I want to go on the Ferris wheel right and so they you know there's a long lineup and it's free though right you yeah. know what I mean? it, all the rides are free with admission yeah I went on the Sizzler a few times it goes really fast love that 
And so then, uh, but the Ferris wheel, you know, I'm just like, uh, ah, it'll be fine. It's just a little one, right? right. You know what I mean? So I get on there and I'm with this friend of mine and, uh, and her young daughter. And uh, oh my God, I was just like, I was just stricken with fear. We're like, we're moved, we've moved like two spots and we're like 10 feet off the ground, right? And I'm, and I'm, I'm like, and this little girl, she's bouncing in her seat. She's so excited. I'm like, settle down. Don't do that. Don't do that, right? Well, and the thing with the Ferris wheel, of course, you're just hanging there, right? And then, but you have you, you're constantly stopping, right? Yeah, because they're unloading. Once it starts re- going, I don't mind it. Right, actually, if it's in constant motion. I'm cool, but, but it's the hanging there, like you know. Yeah. What I mean, it's like, and it's like I don't know. Like I was in a, it's like the gondola that goes up to uh, at Banff there, or whatever. Yeah, like it's it's uh, I don't know, it's it's creepy. But the thing is, I've been on the London Eye. I've been on really big gondolas that gone up to the uh, the in in germany and stuff right. like that but it's you're standing you're kind of inside and to um, me that i think we have a similar I, phobia it's the it's the open air versus enclosure yeah I like think, i don't i don't worry about being on a plane i'm t- right exactly yeah. and i'm i don't mind an enclosed gondola i've done the one at banff as well right. you're way up but a chairlift at a ski hill terrifies oh, me i know because it's not covered exactly and same with a ferris wheel yeah um, now in Vegas, where my wife and I love to to go visit, they have you're going to go right, right a couple weeks. They have when this, are you going? A couple weeks. Okay. They have this for our anniversary. They have this. Um, it's called like the People Mover or something, but it's like a giant Ferris wheel uh, on the strip, except it's all enclosed, and wow. I don't mind that. Okay. Because it's enclosed. I mean, it's it's dumb, but it's just that feeling that when you're open, like I could fall out of here. Yeah. And that's what I have the same thing. So I can't mock and ridicule you because I no. have the same fear. I would have been white. Do you ever get that? Well. Fe- some, and I've, I've, I've asked people about this. I, I often get this feeling when I have a heights like that or whatever, this this feeling like I'm going to jump like yeah. a, like this, or, this, this thing, like, you know, and I've read about it and I'm not alone. There's lots of people who have it or whatever. Right. Sure. But just like. And it doesn't matter what I do, like it's it's just, and I can't think my way out of it. You know what I mean? I can try to concentrate. Yeah. What I did was I just, I gripped the middle of the Ferris wheel there, or whatever, and I closed my eyes, right, and then, until it started to go or whatever, and then it went, and so I, I was this, safe. I made it, folks. I made it. I have a similar thing walking over a bridge. Same thing. Yeah. This this yeah. feeling like, yeah. What if I just some some force came over me and thrust yeah, me. Yeah. What's over up the with edge. that, eh? So we walked over the Brooklyn Bridge a couple weeks ago, in New York. That was scary. Uh, we've done Hoover Dam where you kind of walk over and my God, yeah, like you're way, oh, it's, no. yeah, same thing. I'm holding onto the edge like for dear life yeah. with a, a vice grip on the Yeah, like even that, I went up that, there's they got that stairway that, that goes up to the, the, the Peace Tower at yeah. the Human Rights Museum here right. or whatever. Oh yeah, I don't like it, but I've done it, but uh, ooh, it's yeah. creepy. Yeah, but I can go up to the top of the Empire State Building and-, and Did you go to the top of the Empire State Building? Not this time, uh-huh. but I've done that before. But again- Put glass around me. I'm cool. Yeah. Just have it open air. Uh, terrifying. But you said you liked the rest. The booth, booth the zoo was pretty good. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of neat. There's lots of good stuff. Uh, there's a, there was one area where they had people that were kind of, you know, uh, dressed as ghouls or, right. or uh, witches or uh, zombies. zombies or whatever. And they'd be sitting on a bench or they'd be just walking along and it was kind of dark and misty and, and all of a sudden, they're they're like right there in your yeah. face or whatever. So, yeah, it was it was yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's uh, there's a lot of Halloween attractions. The lineup for mini donuts was just, was crazy though. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody wanted mini donuts. I I don't care, but they mini they donuts like, are pretty good. But uh, as long as they're straight up, there's a so there's a there's a Greek dessert. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically a little piece of dough like that. Yeah. And they throw it in the 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 oil right. to heat or whatever soft you know like a cruller yeah okay so but it's, but it's a little piece of, it's a, like a little cruller and then they throw it in that syrup that they use of baklava and stuff like that or whatever yeah. and it's dusted with something else or whatever and it's the most amazing so I, i've had warm. those what's that served warm served warm yeah, yeah. like oh you're my gonna God. ruin it now and tell me that they also put ice cream on it no they don't you know is a no. vice of no i don't movie. think they do that <laughs> no i don't think that okay that's good because that they don't do that with greek desserts they don't put ice cream on it that i smart no <laughs> <laughs> keep that keep the hot and the cold away from each other um, good. <laughs> all right mike that's it for our time um we'll be back uh Next week? Are we doing one of these next week? Yeah, we are. I think. I believe we're doing it on Wednesday. The Jets will be back in California next week. They play Tuesday. Jeff Hamilton's going on that trip. Jeff's on that trip, yeah. And uh, we'll see where the Jets are at uh, and what the angst levels are. So they have two games, and then they go back on the road. Is that what it is? Yeah, so they'll... They'll play. So they need to hit the road 500, eh? They do. Don't for they? For sure. They, they got to win these next yeah, two. Like, and against right. Anaheim, John Gibson, really good goalie, but the Jets should beat Anaheim. They and Nashville. And Nashville, who shouldn't. But Nashville's off to an okay start. But, um, yeah, so we'll see where they're at uh, by next week and if the panic levels have subsided in the city. Or what if they were 0-4, eh? Remember? Oh imagine? Boy. Well. Imagine. There'll be talk about a new head coach if that's the case. Yeah. So. All right, Mike. Good to see you. All right. Have a great week, folks. Bye-bye.